0: Hi and welcome to the Mind Affinity Podcast, thank you for tuning in. Today I'm chatting with John Molyneux, who's also known as the Sales Samurai, and we're going to be talking about his experiences in martial arts and sales, and how that's helped him as an individual as well. Check it out after this. The mind is capable of amazing things, and yet so many people use that immense power to hold themselves back. Imagine what you could achieve harnessing that power and using it to push yourself forward. This is the Mind Affinity Podcast, the place for advice and inspiration to help you empower yourself. John, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much for coming on. Why don't we start by giving you a chance to introduce yourself and say hello to the listeners?
1: Yes. Hi, guys. Uh, So I'm John Molyneux. I tend to go by the brand of the Sales Samurai. Uh, That's due to the background that I have with both martial arts and, and sales. They're both kind of passions of mine, so that's where the Sales Samurai came from.
0: Love it. Sales Samurai. Do you know, I think there's a lot that we can learn from martial arts in how, the, you know, the benefits that that has on our mindset, the way that we approach things and think about things, the the discipline that comes with it. Um So what are the biggest lessons that you've learned from martial arts that you can apply in your daily life?
1: Well, there's just so many. The, the, the list is kind of endless. Um, I mean, it's been... Uh, it's been more difficult to train more recently. The public classes and stuff like are kind of out the window, but I do try and still stay on top of bits of stuff at home. Uh, but yeah, from for me, life life wise, uh, I tend to well, it, it tends to be tied more into my career. I tend to use it like the same sort of skills that you get, i.e., sort of patience and and sort of perseverance and dedication. So these kind of skills that you get from martial art practice. Definitely cross over into, into business, but it, it also works with any athlete or anybody that that's, uh, does any kind of discipline, whether it's yoga or it doesn't necessarily have to be martial arts. But if you, if you have a discipline, it tends to cross over quite well into business as well. Yeah, absolutely. So what martial arts do you do? Or have you? Well, like I said, at the moment, it's, it's tricky, but I, I still try and do a bit. What, what's quite easy to do at home is kind of like Qigong and Tai Chi and stuff, because there's lots of good stuff you can find on, on YouTube and stuff and just follow those kind of things. But, yeah, I, I tend to do uh, some Chinese stuff. When classes are, are open and stuff and you can do sort of public classes, I do like to do a bit of Thai boxing, Muay Thai. Cool. How did you get into the world of martial arts then? Oh, well, it was kind of a – it was something that I sort of uh, – that sort of stepped me toe in if you want to put put dip, dip me toe in if you want to put it that way and then sort of fell out of it and then back in again. Uh, but I was I used to do a bit of boxing when I was in the military many years ago. That was uh, I was only sort of in my early twenties at the time, and then I didn't do it for a while. I did a bit of martial arts in the army as well. They teach you certain like locks and restraints and throws and that kind of thing anyway. Uh, so I did lo- learn a little bit of martial arts like jujitsu and stuff anyway. But when I left, I was kind of craving a bit of discipline again. And then I kind of sort of fell back into my sights and I did karate for about five or six years and got my black belt in karate. And then I've not sort of stopped since. Uh, Again, it is tricky at the moment because you can't really do much. I don't want to be going into any classes wearing masks and all that kind of stuff. It just seems ridiculous. But uh, yeah, hopefully when things start to turn a corner and we kind of got a bit more normality, I should be looking back to go training properly again.
0: It's interesting that you mentioned discipline, because I think that's, that's an important thing throughout martial arts, <clears throat> but the self-discipline that you learn from that is so useful way beyond the martial arts world. I remember, so when I first started with martial arts myself, uh, it was judo, I've done lots and lots of judo, yeah. and then only really kind of dipped my toe into other things, I've not got a lot of experience with other stuff. But there was one club that I went to when I was looking to branch out and try other things that was jujitsu jitsu and... What I'm about to say is nothing against jujitsu, but that particular club that I went to, um, there was just no discipline. Now, I appreciate and understand that the the judo that I was initially involved in, uh, and particularly as my dad was an area coach and things like this, mm-hmm. um, discipline was probably stronger there and more important there than it was in many settings, but yeah i walked into this club and it was just there, there it was a whole range of age groups but there were kids that were just running around the map but just didn't even seem to have anyone paying attention to them you know and real lack of discipline and i just found that that permeated through to everything the techniques and the way that people approached um both practice and uh like competition stuff within that club it, it all just seemed very sloppy and loose you know
1: yeah i i, talk, I know where you're coming from and what, what a lot of people make the mistake of especially if they've not done martial arts for, for a long time is they think oh well, this art is superior to that art or that art is much better than that Well, it's not the case it's all down to the instructor you're only as good as your teacher so if you've got a real if you've got a really good thai boxing teacher then you, you're going to be better than somebody that's, that's an average karate instructor but if you've got a really good karate instructor you're gonna be better than somebody that's a, a mediocre or not so good Thai boxing instructor. So it's all about the, the teacher rather than the actual art. Oh,
0: no, absolutely, completely agree. And I think to, to mirror that in life, there is so many potential teachers out there. There's so much content like in, in the modern world, especially you can literally pick up your phone and watch anything um, yeah. and absorb information from so many different sources. But finding the right teacher, finding someone that really inspires you and brings the best out of you um, is so important because otherwise it's very easy. If you're not searching for new teachers, if you're not hungry for that information, then all you're going to do is take in your information from the people that are already around you. And I see a lot of people with like limited mindset and, and mm-hmm. lessons that they've learned growing up. And it's really hard for them to break outside of that until they discover that there's a bigger world out there, there's other ways of looking at things. I think that's kind of mirrored between martial arts and real life as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you only have to look at how big the coaching industry is nowadays, finding the right coach. Right. Uh, what what I think you've got to do is you've got to go with your gut. I mean, if you really want to somebody and you, you, you know that what – the, the quality of the, the stuff that they do. You can you get a feel for people that are kind of real, uh, really good coaches or like these gurus that promise everything that float around in the Lamborghini, Lamborghinis and stuff. <laughs> it's a lot of that about now as well, isn't there?
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's,
1: it must be really tough for
0: someone outside of the industry to, to know what to look for. I mean, this is one of the reasons I offer mm. a free initial consultation mm-hmm. with anyone. I mean, I'm primarily a therapist, but I end up doing a lot of coaching as well because I believe people have the answers inside them. uh, And that falls very much into a coaching element, drawing those answers out for them rather than telling them what to do. Um, But yeah, that's why I initially offer that free chat basically beforehand. So people get to know if I am right for them. And I'm quite happy to spend that time helping them find out what the right questions are to ask someone else if I'm not right, you know Uh, because it's a very personal and individual thing I don't want to take on a client that doesn't resonate with me that doesn't want me as their therapist
1: I'd much rather help them to find the right person absolutely 100% agree with that and like you say it's not always going to be a good fit that you can't please all the people all the time and you're just not going to bond and gel with everybody so it's the same with martial arts as it is with business it is with coaching it is with everything and life,
0: of course, as yeah, well. Exactly. You know, French yeah, people, yeah. it's very easy to get hung up on, oh, so-and-so doesn't like me, or or you know, worrying about what other people think. But do you care about those people? Like, you absolutely worry about what people think. If it's people whose opinion you value, don't worry about it if it's just some bloke on Facebook.
1: Whatever. Absolutely. What was that saying? I don't, I don't know who said it, but don't take criticism for somebody you wouldn't take advice from. It's that kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. So
0: that's the martial arts side of things, but sales. So the sales samurai, <laughs> obviously yeah. with sales. I, I, I love that title, by the way. I mean, my, my brother's the guitar ninja. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's good. Like
0: and that. um, oh, he's devised a whole thing where, like in the martial arts, you go up through different belts as you grade. Right. Oh, it's um, brilliant. Only with yeah, like guitar, it's different coloured guitar straps as you improve. <laughs> nice. By yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> so with with sales, obviously mindset is a big part of that, isn't it? How you approach it mentally how what state you're in when you're making those calls having those conversations planning out your strategies talk me through sort of what you're if, if you were working with someone helping someone with their sales mm. and they come up
1: with those sort of
0: barriers how do you help
1: them to think differently oh that's a good question well the thing is that you get sort of tarred with this brush in sales you're you're just a sleaze or you're a you're just some so i mean car salesman or you just you get this kind of uh cloud over you this this horrible rain cloud over you straight away as soon as you so that's that was the kind of idea with the sales samurai was to kind of put a a twist on it so it, it it gives it a bit more of a lighter feel but with regards to somebody that's new to it, and, and they the, the kind of, what's, what's the best way to describe it? They kind of do themselves no favours because they put the added pressure on the, because they think, well, I'm a salesperson. So, oh, so it, it kind of, you, you put yourself on a back foot. Whereas if you're, you're relaxed and you're, you're humorous and you're just normal, a person, and you, the, the thing with sales these days, a modern professional salesperson has to genuinely cons- be concerned about helping them. There's no point about it. there's no point in thinking, I want to money in my pocket from selling this person, whatever it is. You've got to genuinely want them to benefit from that product or service.
0: Okay, here's a question. I you've probably been asked this before. Um, yeah. I, I love marketing. I'm naturally yeah. fairly good when I'm yeah. consistent and stick to it at marketing my business and, and yeah. showing people who I am, what I'm all about, and that tends to attract people quite nicely that's not sales there's a oh. there's a clear line between sales and marketing there certainly is because i can't market <laughs> well, yeah. so, often yeah. they get blurred so as as the sales samurai mm. where would you draw the line between the two how would you define sales versus marketing
1: well that's a that's a very good question i mean marketing is how you um should we say put yourself out there isn't it so it's how you how you uh say right i'm here Come and come and look at this. Inviting the inviting the crowd in, aren't you? So you, as you market, that's that's bringing drawing the crowd in. The salesperson is once the crowd's already there. The marketing's done, isn't it? Once the crowd's already there, they they want to. Uh, I, I don't really like the word clause, but it's to it's to offer the service or provide the provide the 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 customer the customer with with whatever they need. So it's the, it's the tail end of marketing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. So how do you do that? How, how does one sell? Well, there's, there's many different strategies and techniques. And what I will say is, I mean, you probably heard this yourself is don't be pushy. Never be pushy because that, then you're going to start doing this, like two goats ramming heads. You don't want that. You want to be sort of like, like the the martial arts, you want to floor. So when they come, when they come at you with objections, you just, you just, like respond with, with 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 but you're not trying to win an argument either that you're never gonna because that again that's so that you're not you never go oh that's stupid or don't I mean, just come back with something cocky or or that's not gonna that's not gonna work you need to respond with sort of um like a genuine concern or or say well that that might not work for you or whatever whatever it is just just overcoming objections so i'm trying to think of, of one off the top of my head so uh oh. Yeah, how do I know that that, that this product's going to achieve this, this, and this? Well, we we can't exactly guarantee anything, but with, with certain decisions in life, you just have to have to make these. You know, and if it's something that you really want to achieve, sometimes you just have to jump in the deep end, that kind of thing. So you you kind of meeting them halfway and and explaining the reasons why they should maybe make that leap or whatever it is that's concerning them. if That makes sense. Yeah. So a big part of
0: sales then must be. Listening
1: 100 percent you, you've got to listen, and, and you've got to oh not just listen, but you've got to bring the pain out of them as well. So it's like the psychology, isn't it? So you, when they start talking about the, the reasons that they're not happy with their car or whatever it is, you, you keep playing on that. so also oh, it doesn't start every time, does it not? So you, 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 you're, you're urging them to keep talking about it. That's their pain point. That's what you want to relieve, isn't it? So the more they talk about their pain point, the more that you bring them to getting rid of that pain. the the more the easier it is to kind of get the end result yeah see that's that's very
0: different to how I tend to approach conversations with people not that there's anything wrong with that and I'm not a salesman so this is probably why it's quite different um I'm not a therapist (laughs) I'm not
1: trying to to say I am
0: (laughs) yeah yeah very different so you're you're very much focused on okay let's find that pain point because you know that you have a solution that that, that's going to benefit yeah, exactly. Whereas I'm very much more about, okay, I understand your pain point, but let's focus on what you do want rather than what you don't. Where do you want to get to and how can we achieve that?
1: Um, well, it is kind of similar to that because I'm trying to say you want to get rid of that pain, which is here, isn't it? And yeah. this product or this service brings you there, doesn't it? So you, you, you're bridging the gap.
0: How long have you been the sales
1: samurai? Well, uh, but, but, I don't know when I actually came up with that. I mean, I was doing martial arts and sales at the same time because when I started doing the the karate, i was I was actually learning to be an instructor, so I wasn't just taking classes, I was learning how to teach it. so I, I eventually became a sensei. Yeah. But in order to do that, I was knocking on the doors to build up the class to karate classes, so I was doing door-to-door sales, and that tied in with the with the karate training. So, it stemmed from that, but I don't—I can't remember when I actually thought, "Oh, what about?" You know, the ping that I don't remember that red that uh, light came up, and I thought, "I'm the sale samurai." But uh, uh, I'd say it's, it's been a few years that I've been calling myself that now.
0: What's been your biggest challenge in life or in business? Which have you prefer to talk about? What's been the biggest obstacle for you to overcome?
1: I think for me is uh, finding a direction with regards to what I want to do I've done yeah. this I've done that I mean I literally I mean my family like kind of laugh about it is I've done so many different jobs because i never managed to find something that I could really get my teeth into and, and sort of stick out if that makes sense so I, I did all the monotonous jobs and I did the traveling and I did the military and it was just kind of always got the the drive to do something but never really sort of clicking and, and and sticking into like joining you know mean, finding me forte kind of thing so did the, did the military did the security work did the driving work the, the trucks and so like always sort of picking up skills along the way but never pursuing one direction kind of thing and what do you think you gained from that well again you just because i've had so much life experience and tried different things you, you get multiple skills don't you like people skills and, and yeah, so it, it, that was the, the, the benefits, but obviously there's downsides of never really having any, any true direction to kind of focus on. So it, it was kind of a bit of a mixture of, of, of good and bad, really.
0: How do you think you found that direction? Look like, I'm, I'm assuming that the
1: sales samurai and the fact that you've been doing that consistently, that means you've got direction now? Yeah, again, there are there are kind of, uh, what well, entrepreneurial is, is the direction, isn't it, where it's not like building or it's not particularly driving and it's not, it's entrepreneurship, which gives you a bit more freedom, which I quite like. So it's not, it's still not quite one direction as it's still quite m- multiple things going on, but uh, at least I've, I know that that's the direction I want to head in kind of thing. Excellent. So. So for people listening to this podcast right
0: now who have had similar challenges, they've not been able to find direction, maybe that's held them back or they've just, you know, they're in that place where they just don't know what direction to pick and where to go, what to do next. From your
1: experience,
0: what would you say to them?
1: From my experience, what works for me and any, and a lot of entrepreneurs, you probably spoke to a lot of people that say the same thing is if you're doing a nine to five or something and you're miserable, why are you doing it? Is it just so that you can put that money in your pocket and pay the bills? I get that, it, that you have to pay the bills, don't get me wrong. So I'm not saying just jack your job in and, and go on the door or something. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is if you're really miserable in your line of work, then you really need to start putting some work into escaping it and, and, and for, even if it's just a passive income and, and something that you can build on the side. You really need to focus and channel your energy into something else so you, you can that way, even though you're doing your monotonous day job that you hate, you've got something in the background that or on the side that you're focusing on and you're passionate about. Yeah, excellent. So, what's
0: <clears throat> with all of that, what is the, the hardest lesson that you've had to learn along the way?
1: Well, that's quite a tricky question. I'll have to think about that one a minute. <laughs> uh the,
0: the,
1: the, the hardest lesson I've learned is not being so hard on yourself. You can't yeah. you can't beat yourself up all the time about little bad decisions and stuff like that, because we're all human, aren't we, and we're all gonna make errors, and that's how we that's how you I mean, my my show is called the Success Beat Success Show, and everybody you speak to that's had success, it's just a number of failures, isn't it? It's oh, like yeah. uh Michael Jordan he said the amount of times he he scored them hoops, but the, how many thousands of times did he miss them? It's kind of that thing, isn't it? So you, the, these successful people have had many a uh, failure and, and let down and lose money and, and all sorts on the way. You never see the journey that they've had.
0: Failure is not the opposite of success. It's part of it.
1: Exactly. Agreed. Absolutely. 100%. I
0: used to say there's no such thing as failure-only feedback. You know, I've heard that <laughs> plenty of other places. But that's rubbish. I love failure. Failure's <laughs> a great thing because every mm. time you fail, you – it's like if you're, if you're playing a game of chess, yeah. you learn so much more when you lose, no matter how frustrating it is that you've been yeah. yet again, but you learn so much more from that than you do from winning a game using the tactic that you, were, that you expected that you're used to. You
1: know? Again, going back to the martial arts and the sales, it's like when you spar... Or uh, when you compete even, you ne- you don't win every time. You lose quite a lot. I mean, when I was doing karate, I was losing a lot, quite a lot because there were a lot younger, a lot more flexible fighters than me. So I lost quite a lot. But you're always improving, aren't you? So it's the same with the sales. You get told no all the time. No, 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 not interested. Not for me, not for me. So you just, eventually, you're just not, not affected by our face, by it at all. I remember uh, when I was doing judo, there
0: used to be an annual competition down in St. Ives in Cornwall. Uh, yeah. Loads of different clubs would come together down there, and I yeah. remember the first time, like, because my dad had done that for years before me, and I remember the first time I got to go down and join in this competition, my very first fight, I, I had so much enthusiasm, and I, I ran up to this guy, and before I'd even managed to grab hold properly, he threw me, uh, and it was a beautiful <laughs> technique as well. I landed yeah. <laughs> flat, flat on my back; it was amazing, um, and uh, initially, the, at first, I. I felt, well, my very initial response was, wow, that was a good technique. Um, uh, Following on from that, my next response was, well, naughty words, uh, shall we say, aimed at the other person. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then I realized that actually that that's, that's something I can learn from. Didn't learn from it did almost exactly the same thing in my second fight, landed flat on my back again and went, ah, hang on a minute, (laughs) I knew what I'm doing wrong here. It was the same technique, different person, same technique basically that they took me with as well. Um, And sometimes it's about stepping back and taking the time to actually acknowledge that there's the chance to learn from those failures. After the first fight, I didn't really think about it enough. The second time the same thing happened, that's when I went, ah, hang on. (laughs) Let's think about this then. Let's, let's try a different approach, shall we? And funnily enough, um, I mean, it was too late to really get very far with the competition, but at least I had another fight um, and, and I managed to actually throw someone on that fight and not end the fight straight away by running into someone. Um, so <laughs> slight distraction there from the, from the main point, but yeah, making those mistakes really gives you far more opportunity than if everything goes according to plan.
1: Also, it makes it builds character as well. It's, it's good for character building, isn't it? When, if, if you've... I'm not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, but if you've always had it easy and everything is just on a, on a silver platter all the time, you don't know the, 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 the trials and the tribulations and the funny parts of, of the struggle. Yeah. So you, yeah. it's, it definitely builds character and humour. And that's really important. You know, pe-
0: people... The, the most successful and the most resilient people that i've met and spoken to are the people who have had the biggest challenges because it's going through those challenges that allow them to grow and strengthen as a person would you change anything
1: never never that one of the thing another one well, of things that is uh something that i i go by is there's no point in regretting anything is that you, you, that is not going to help your situation it's gone <laughs> The things that have happened are done, aren't they? So there is no point in thinking, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that, because that's another thing I used to do. Oh, why didn't I do this? Why did I do that? No, it's 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 just a pointless thing to do. So learn from it and then just move on. So always be, always be in the present. I don't think there's too much time should be spent in five years, ten years' time. It's nice, it is good to plan ahead. Don't get me wrong, I think you should have goals and, and plans and in, in place. But I think you should always be present as well and just enjoy being here and now.
0: Excellent. So you've said that um, it's important to make those mistakes, to learn from it and to move on, and to not beat yourself up. 100%. How, for those people that do beat themselves up and for those people who struggle to learn and move on from things, what, what would you suggest or what has worked that's helped you to to learn to move on from stuff and to let go of things and not beat yourself up how did you change that for yourself
1: that's a good question i don't really know what it was that clicked but i just stopped doing it because i knew it was it wasn't good for my health it wasn't good for my mind you maybe maybe try meditating or, or listening to it may have been something to do with the timing of the the, the personal growth time thing and, and the, the the self-help time kind of books and the, the personal development books and so maybe that could be even whether it's listening to podcasts or whether it's um reading the right materials or listening to audio books. whatever it is that kind of gives you that positive edge though i'd recommend that because that will get you out of that mindset of, oh, worries me. What a silly mistake that was. It's more like, oh, let's get on with it and focus on this, this and this. There
0: you go. So listen to my podcast more and you too <laughs> can make those changes. Or mine. <laughs> or, or yours, of course. But you're, you're absolutely right. Consuming content and information mm. from people who inspire or motivate or, or give you something to think about differently. And it's yeah. it's often the case that it's not one clear thing that makes it click as you said it's a combination of the trickle feed of multiple Mm -hmm. things uh that gradually keeps leading towards those changes
1: absolutely yeah you've got to be you've got to be willing to change and in in quite in a a way determined to change your life isn't going to change by just clicking your fingers so you have to put certain wheels in motion and and try different things but Absolutely. So how can people find your podcast to be inspired by that? Uh, well, it, it's available on most platforms. Now, it uh, recently got added onto Amazon Music, so you can actually find it on Alexa, if you search. Or if you ask Alexa for the Success Breed Success show, you should be able to find it on there. But it's it's also available on Google, Google, um, Spotify, Apple, iHeart even in America. It's all over, so pretty much anywhere.
0: platform you're listening to this podcast on right now, You should search and find that one as well. Exactly. Yeah. Excellent. Well, John, thank you so much for coming on. It's been great chatting with you just before we go. We've just got time for one last thing and you know, there's been no prep or anything, so no pressure, but (laughs) (laughs) if you could give one message to the world, if you could spread one thought with everyone on this planet, what would you say to them? What would you share?
1: I would say do what you want to do. Do what your heart tells you to do. Do what your gut tells you to do. Don't do what the government or your parents or your friends tell you to do. That's it. Excellent. Well done, man. Thanks very much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Duncan.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to the Mind Affinity podcast. And if you want more great content from Mind Affinity, head to mindaffinity.co.uk or search for us on Facebook. It'll be great to see you there.